Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Recorded live. Hello, this is Michael Adams from Nothing But The Truth. It's February 13th, 2015. And we'll start off with the... Uh, well, first of all, we're going to be doing a, a little show here about uh, Contemplative Player and its deception. And we'll be reading an article out of MarieAndBeacon.org. <clears throat> but before that, we'll read some of the articles from Yaha.com, at least the headlines. And coming out at number one, the number one headline, Pope Benedict Conspiracy Theories, The Atlantic. For someone once bestowed with the luxury of infallibility, former Pope Benedict XVI is having a unique retirement two years after his unprecedented withdrawal from papacy, etc., etc., etc. Article 3, Pope Francis picked for Cardinal sent strong message about Mexican uh, cartel violence. And uh, this is here from Fox News Latino. Archbishop Alberto uh, Serrano's Inde of Morelia, capital of the off-conflict state of, and these names, uh, Michoana, Enza, and I probably didn't say that right. Um, I apologize to those who understand Mexican language. Um, That's Article 3. Yeah, my MS is bad again today, so if I sound goofy, I apologize for that. Uh, New York Diocese parishioners see system of seekers as they fight church closings. New York Times. For aggravated parishioners at churches ordered closed or merged by Cardinal Timothy D. M. Dolan, last November, it seems like a simple task, etc., etc. Another article about the Philippines. Shep to you drop why Philippines shares can climb. Of course, is all this after and prior to Pope Francis visiting. Um, that all of a sudden we're hearing all this news from uh, the Philippines. This is a revolutionary pope, CNN.com. Catholicism is a global religion, of course, and it's changing fast under the leadership of this very bold pontiff. The right versus left argument has also been in play dramatically. Um, 
this. Pope urges cooperation on Vatican reform from Cardinals Associated Press, Vatican City Associated Press. Pope Francis urged, urged his Cardinals Thursday to cooperate in reforming the outdated and dysfunctional Vatican bureaucracy. So, uh, the point behind all that is uh, there's another one. Pope Francis calls for kettle black calls the kettle black Washington Post this past week in St. Peter's Square Pope Francis delivered a speech where he described couples who choose not to have children as selfish <clears throat> and then of course there's another thing about the Philippines Philippine rebels promise help on militants as peace bid stalls and San Francisco Archbishop imposes morality clause as schools out as schools outrages many. And uh, there's another one: Pope Francis, new cardinals uh, formed from far-flung places. Value Ministry, Associated Press, once again Vatican. One uh, hails from Tonga, Tonga where the climate change is threatening the very existence of the archipelago. Imagine that. Of course, they're doing all the climate change, you know what I'm Blaming on us like everything else. Anyways, once again, the point, why there's so many articles and the you know, headlines, the top headlines all seem to be revolving around one particular organization. Of course, that would be the papacy, the Vatican, the Roman Catholic Church. And we have, once again, in September, Pope Francis coming to address a joint session of Congress. First time ever that a pope ever did that. So what happened to the separation of church and state? Could it possibly be that this church actually runs the state? It's a question that should be asked, at least according to me, whatever it's worth. Okay, um, now I've got this article. Once again, it comes from BerianBeacons.org. It's called Contemplative Prayer, uh, Seducing Spirits and a Doctrine of Devils by Christine A. Narloch. And it's N-A-R-L-O-C-H. It was republished a long time ago now. And uh, it says 4606. <clears throat> but you know, you know, this is 2015, still a problem, even more so today than it was back then. It's progressively just taking over the church. So I figured we talk about contemplative prayer. Uh, breaks down in this article is, uh, or the breakdown of this article is introduction, then biblical prayer, contemplative prayer, false teachings, unfruitful results, uh, avoid false teachings. And she says this. Our pastor, David L. Brown, approached my husband, Mike, and me, asking if I could take the time to carefully research and publish a report on contemplative prayer. This is the report he requested. Its purpose is to compare Bibles, the Bible's model of, for prayer to contemplative prayer thus exposing the grievous errors of contemplative prayer. It is a condensed 
overview providing a springboard for further research. <clears throat> Introduction. My mouth is very dry. According to Webster's 1828 dictionary, contemplate is defined as to view or consider with continued attention to study, to meditate on. Prayer is defined as in worship, a solemn address to the supreme being consisting of adoration or an expression of our sense of God's glorious perfections, confession of our sins, supplication for mercy and forgiveness, intercession, intercession for our blessings on others, and uh, thanksgiving, and an expression of gratitude to God for his mercies and benefits. And it says, yet there is a type of prayer being taught today, which is far from the above definitions, even further from biblical prayer. It is known as contemplative prayer. Since the Bible is to be our guideline for faith and practice, and since we are to use it to discern good from evil, and then it gives these uh, quotes some of these scriptures, like, uh, Hebrews 5, verse 14, 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 16 and 17, Acts 17, 11. Let's compare the teachings of biblical prayer to those of contemplative prayer. And I am not going to read the um, verses because it's, it's uh, I think the article is like eight pages, and it will fill up the time just reading it. But you can certainly go back and uh, or stop this recording if you feel like it, and um, read the verses. Of course, strongly recommend you to do that regardless. So, uh, biblical prayer. According to the Bible, prayer is talking to God the Father. Uh, Philippians 4, 6. Through the Lord in Jesus Christ, John sixteen twenty three, by people who are born again, John 3, 7, according to the scriptures, uh, Micah 7, 7, Psalms 4, 3, 1 John 5, 14, and 15. The Bible is clear. The prayers of unbelievers are not heard by God. Know ye, okay, now, excuse me, this is uh, John 9, 31, it says, uh, now we know that God hears not sinners, but if any man be a worshiper of God, he doeth his will, him he hearkeneth. And then uh, we got another one. It says, The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. Proverbs 15 29. And then there's some other verses to look at. Uh, Psalms 34 16, Proverbs 15 8. Nor are prayers of disobedient, born-again believers heard. And it says, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Psalms 66, verse 18. Then we have Proverbs 28 and 9, and James 4, 3, and 5, 16. God hears the prayers of repentant sinners turning to Christ as Savior. Mark 1, 15 and obedient believers. 
And then it says in 1 John 3.22, And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we believe his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Because we keep his commandments. Oh, no, yes, legalistic. Uh, yeah, right. Nice try, buddies. Which, by the way, comes a big part of it is that this, uh, you know, I've been studying. I, I've really had no idea how whack how things are, you know. But uh, I've been studying the, the emergent church and postmodernism and the spiritual formation and all tied in with and then with contemplative prayer and how it's just taking over all the churches. And now I understand when I was going to all these different churches why uh, it was so dead. It was just felt like it. It was just simple theatrics to give me and others that were there an experience. A man-made experience, of course, but an experience anyways. Boy, have we become entertained fools, haven't we? And certainly I have. Uh, there are many examples of Old Testament believers who prayed just a few include Abraham, Moses, Daniel, David, as well as Elijah, Ezekiel, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Habakkuk. Abraham prayed for his son. He prayed for Ishmael, for Sodom, and uh, Abimelech. <laughs> um, Daniel prayed for the Jews and for knowledge. Daniel prayed for the Jews for knowledge for blessings, for help and guidance, for grace and for justice. Examples of New Testaments in the New Testament of those who prayed include Jesus praying to God the Father at Lazarus' tomb, um, John eleven forty one through forty two. Jesus prayed, uh, submitting to the Father's will, Matthew twenty six thirty nine through forty four, and he asked God. For he asked God to forgive those who crucified him. Luke twenty three twenty four. The Lord Jesus Christ for believers of that day and the fu and future believers. Let's try this again. The Lord Jesus Christ prayed for the believers in that day. John seventeen nine and future believers. John seventeen twenty, and he requested that may be sanctified by the truth. John seventeen seventeen. He instructed his disciples to pray to God the Father, Luke eleven two, specifically for the kingdom to come, for God's will to be done, for daily food provision, for their sins to be forgiven, they would forgive others, that they not they not be led into temptation, and to be delivered from doing evil. He instru his instructions to believers included to pray with humility, Luke 18.13, to pray alone, in Matthew 6.6, 6, for those who despisefully use them, Luke 6.28, that God would send people to preach the gospel, Luke 10.2, and as he and as you pray, forgive others. Mark eleven two. Jesus promised that the Father rewards those openly who seek Him in prayer privately. 
Matthew 6, 6. When the Apostle Paul prayed, he prayed with, un- with understanding. First uh, Corinthians fourteen five, and with joy, Philippians, Philippians one four. He prayed for believers not to do evil but good. Second Corinthians thirteen seven to be filled with knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. First Colossians one nine to abound, abode in love. Excuse me, understanding and all judgment. And I think I'm going to lay off a little bit on these verses. I think I proved the point. By the way, it's also in the information box if you want to read this article <clears throat> so that you can uh, read these verses. But uh, I think I proved the point that uh, they're using a lot of scriptures to back this article up. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Okay. To, to be uh, Okay. It was, uh, we stopped at it. To bound in love, understanding, and all judgment. To be without wrath. And doubt in God's word, to pray without ceasing, to pray when afflicted, to pray for uh, one another, to pray against evil. Paul requested prayer for himself and those with him to preach the word boldly, that the word they share would do its work, and that they would have a good conscience. In Proverbs 2.1, and through 11, and I do have to, have to bring that stuff because we're going to read this whole one. <clears throat> God promised to answer to answer prayers of believers who ask to understand his word, desire to obey it. He provides knowledge, wisdom, and understanding through the words of his mouth, which are written in the Bible. It states, once again, Proverbs 2, uh, verses 1 through 11, my son, if thou wilt receive my words and hind my commandments in thee, excuse me, hide my, my commandments in thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thy heart to understanding. Yea, if thou criest after knowledge and lifteth up thy voice for understanding, if thou seekest her as silver and searches for her as for hid treasures then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God for the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding he layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous he is the buckler to them that walk uprightly he keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment, equity, even good path. When wisdom entereth into thy heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee. An entire book of examples concerning prayer in the Bible could and perhaps should be written. This was just as a sample. Additionally, for believers who aren't able to pray, the Holy Spirit intercedes according to God's will. And that's from Romans 8:26. And Jesus, who is now at the right hand of the Father, intercedes for believers. Romans 8:34. 
The Bible also contains several warnings concerning prayer. Use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. Uh, do not pray self-righteously. Avoid hypocritical prayer, praying to be seen of men, or praying to show off in front of others. With these examples and instructions in mind, let's now examine contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer. In the 1970s, three mystic Roman Catholic monks, uh, it looks like Friar William uh, Manninger, or this is Father, excuse me, Father William Manninger, Father Bessel Pennington, and Abbot Thomas Keaton, head monk, labeled centering prayer as a method of prayer which prepares us to receive the gifts of God's presence, traditionally called contemplative prayer. It is the opening of mind and heart, our whole being to God, whom we know by faith is within us. Contemplative prayer is a prayer of silence and experience of God's presence. End of quote. Contemplative outreach LTD website featuring Thomas Keaton's teachings provides further insight into the, the method of contemplative prayer and lists of guidelines to practice it. It states, this method of prayer is a moment beyond conversation with Christ to communion with him. The source of centering prayer, as in all methods leading to contemplative prayer, is the indwelling Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is also inspired by writings of major contributors to the Christian contemplative heritage, including John Cassinian, Cassinian, I think it's Cassinian, that's what it is, uh, the anonymous author of Cloud of Unknowing, uh, Francis of the Cell, Teresa of Avila, of course, John of the Cross. These are all freaking Jesuits. Uh, and you have this uh, Theresa of Lesieux and Thomas Merton. Emphasis added. Contemplative prayer guidelines include choosing a sacred word as the symbol of your intention. I guess it's not just like uh, the New Age stuff, intention, to consent to God's presence and action within. <clears throat> now, we're talking about God now, right? The one and true living God, are we? If you can, if your attention to consent to God's presence and action within, okay. Sitting comfortably and with eyes closed, Settle briefly, silently introduce the sacred word as the symbol of your consent to God's presence and action within. You know, your consent? <laughs> it's just total witchcraft, isn't it? I, I, I just get blown away at how absolutely whacked out everything is. I had no idea. I really had no idea, people. I was just living in my worldly existence. Obviously now looking back, living in sin, but at the time, you know, it's like, hey, you know, 
living the life that I understood. And I had no idea that Christianity had gotten to this point of total and utter chaos. Just didn't, I had no idea, <clears throat> honestly. Uh, number three, when engaged with your thoughts, return ever so gently to the sacred word. Number four, at the end of the prayer period, remain in silence with eyes closed for a couple minutes. Yeah, sounds like... Uh, yeah, when I was doing that, uh, hanging out at the, the Buddhist temple... This didn't last very long because it was what a farce that is. <clears throat> Talk about showing off for each other. Thoughts including uh, body sensations, feelings, images, and reflections. In my research, it became clear that these Roman Catholic monks were influenced by pagan Eastern religions. During the, uh, the 20 years from 1961 to 1981, of course, everything, all this crap, a lot of this came out in the 1960s. When Keaton was abbot, St. Joseph held in dialogues with Buddhist and Hindu representatives, and a Zen master gave a week-long retreat to the monks. A former Trappist monk who had become a transcendental, med- transcendental uh, meditation teacher also gave a session to the monks. Hmm. Not prayer, but mystical meditation. Contemplative prayer is not biblical prayer at all. Rather, it is a type of mystical meditation leading the mind into an alternative state of consciousness. It goes beyond thought, providing an an experiential union with so-called God and with nature producing body sensations, feelings, images, and reflections. It is based on experience rather than on sound doctrine. And give attendance to doctrine. First Timothy First Timothy four thirteen. Faith is to be based on God's word rather than experience. Then it says here Second uh, Corinthians five seven. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, that's, excuse me, that was Romans 10, 17. This is part of 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Contemplative prayer is also known as centering prayer, listening prayer, breathing prayer, prayer of the heart. It is just one of many mystical practices taught within a confusing, mixed-up movement called contemplative spirituality. Yep. And you can go thank uh, the Jesuits for all this. Mystical practices are now widely embraced and taught in secular and professional Christian seminaries, colleges, universities, organizations, ministries, and seminars, etc. throughout the United States. Academic promoters have introduced these practices into the fields of medicine, business, and law, while countless secular and Christian groups, magazines, seminars, seminars and retreats are teaching lay people how to incorporate them into their daily lives. Promoters 
promise physical, mental, and spiritual benefits desiring to being about positive social change. This is all new age. It's just total new age been introduced into the church, isn't it? This is what it is. It's a joke. I'm telling you right now, it's a joke. It doesn't work. It's just making you a fruitcake and uh, yeah, and you'll suffer the recompense of God. And by the way, you look at all these guys from all this, like emergent groups uh, or these emergent churches. These guys are big name guys. And every single one of them sounds an ex like sodomite. That's just the reality. And it's not me being judgmental. It's just that's what it is. It's and it's really weird too because it's postmodernism in the church. You know about just asking all the questions and there is no real truth and, and um, you know it's all part of this the one world order, the new world order, excuse me, this new agenda, which is nothing but the old agenda, which is Rome taking over everything. And this is what Roman Catholicism is. It is spiritualism. It is uh, Luciferianism. It is Satanism. So it's just Satan's bringing, bringing them all in. We're going to have this unity, you know what I mean? Which, uh, you know, is a total absolute lie. And uh, yeah, it's going to be people like us that then eventually they're going to try to get rid of because we're, you know... You know, they had their chance with me and they, they certainly had me for quite a while, but through the mercy and grace of God, and come out of this Babylonian... A lot of the, what is part of this Babylonian system runner, in particular the organized religion part. And, uh, I mean, the connections between... AA and the New Age movement and this emergent church movement and basically all the churches at this point is just they all seem to be in line as far as the leadership goes and uh, they see the money and the dollar signs in it so they keep on pushing it for their own personal gain obviously and um, yeah I mean it's <laughs> They're, they, they, the church is, is thoroughly become corrupt. And it really is at a point in time where, of course, there are, you know, those who they call us lone wolves. Of course, we're not lone wolves at all, but that's what they're going to call us. And all to do now is just lie to you, a lie to the world about who you are, and just make up something, and 99% of them are going to believe it. And we were all guilty of it, some of also. And, um, yeah, so it, well, my point, this lone wolf thing and all that, it just seemed like uh, a lot of us are going to be that way. Even though there's people all around us, um, apparently there's a lot of deceived and under a strong delusion, quote unquote, Christians. It just will not ever wake up, and ironically, our enemies and will be our enemies. You know, what I, mean? I don't want it to be that way. But when you're bringing this stuff up, you recognize the 
fallacy of it all, and contemplative prayer and this connection with the Jesuits and spiritual formation, and it's just a way of introducing you to, uh, you know, this Babylonian system. The same thing that happened to the Jews, you know, in 600 AD or around that time when went into captivity of Babylon. It's a bunch of the, the uh, God's children ended up doing this stuff. And um, God doesn't like it, and he just... Well, he'll leave you. He'll leave you to your own devices, so... Because we refuse to read the Bible. And that seems to be a uh, common problem for many of us. Huh? And they can uh, play a part in positive trans- transformation of government, business, and organization. So, <clears throat> a positive transformation of government, business, and organization. How about God's? How about going? Just getting back to the basics. How would just be a follower of Christ? His government, his business, his organization. Why? Anything to take us away from the word. We are dedicated to the idea of contemplative awareness when incorporated into uh, uh, contemporary life can help produce a, a more just compassionate and reflective society. Well, the only thing that helps that, period, having faith in Jesus Christ and obeying the ten, His Ten Commandments. All that's you being legalistic. All these idiots out there saying that. I'm sorry if I offend anybody who ever listens to this, but it really is idiotic at this point my studies and research, this whole legal legacy nonsense. You know, if you don't want to uh, follow God's commandments, stop pretending to be a Christian. Just be what you are. Okay, the following contemplative practices are listed in the website. Movement. Uh, martial arts, dance, yoga, labyrinth, walking, etc. Creation, singing, chanting, art, music, etc. Relational, dialogue, deep listening, storytelling, and journaling. And this is what these all these guys do. This is all they push. This emergent churches, this kind of stuff. Honestly, and you know what? I know it's all new age stuff because I was a new ager before I was saved. And all this stuff is just New Age nonsense. Ritual and cyclical. Saba, uh, excuse me, Shabba, whatever that is. Shabbat, or Shabbat. Vision quest, (laughs) sweat lodge, uh, altar buildings, uh, ceremonies, rituals, etc. Activities, work, pilgrimages, uh, mindfulness, Vigils and marches, etc. Sounds like something right out of India. Uh, generative, so generative. Prayer, lectio divina, uh, petitionary prayer, etc. Uh, stillness, 
silence, prayer centering, insight and setting, uh, meditation, quieting and clearing the mind. <clears throat> okay. Stillness, listen, list. Okay, stillness. List as the last practice includes prayer centering, also known as contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is practiced far and wide. While Western religions falsely label contemplative prayer as Christian or prayer, Eastern pagan religions, such as Buddhism, Hinduism, Sufi, the Sufis of Sufi Muslims, have long practiced mystical meditation. A variety of occult New Age devotees also practice mystical meditation styles consist of contemplative prayer. Since this method of meditation is mystical in nature, it is important that you know the definition of mysticism. An online occult encyclopedia defines it as a belief in or the pursuit in the unification with the one or some other principle the immediate consciousness of God, or the direct experience of religious truth. Mysticism is nearly universal. There's that word again. You know, if this, you hear anything, be universal. Rome's behind it. It unites most religions in the quest for divinity. It goes on to state mysticism from the East and from the West traditions rely on techniques such as repetitive prayers, Repeat over and over a word or a phrase, a mantra, which may be, name, may be names of deity, contemplations of icons and images, real or imagined. Also involves our methods of emptying the mind, extreme asceticism, and in some cultures, the use of hallucinogenic drugs. <clears throat> It's all like new age. That's what we did in the Unity Church. That's what all this stuff, the secret and everything, that's all that says. And it all comes from the Jesuits. The spiritual formations and exercises. And because we're so ignorant, we have no idea. We don't think it's some modern new thing. A new idea. But of course, what does the Bible say? There's nothing new under the sun, so... Through these and other methods, of the mind goes blank and passive. One enters an altered state of consciousness. Buddhists call this state nirvana uh, or satori. New Age people call it at oneness, etc. Christian mystics perceive they have experienced some kind of ascetic union with God. The mysticism in mysticism, the altered state of consciousness may be total or partial. When partial, the state of consciousness is usually only a feeling. Most generally, this feeling is one of unity with God or the universe or of enlightenment, the experience of being united with God or nature is called a mystical experience. And this picture of all these people, this goofy smile on their face, and they're, ah, great, you know. <laughs> it's the truth. That's what they do. That's what they do. I mean, everyone had this uh, wonderful smile on their face. 
and he's um, so deceptive. And you know what? I don't believe that most people are actually trying to be deceptive. It's just they end up goofy and thinking everything's wonderful while their whole world around them is uh, shrinking. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, philosopher W.T. Stace discovered seven common themes of mysticism within when studying Roman Catholic, Protestant, and ancient classical Hindu and American Gnostic mystical experiences. They were, one, a unifying vision and perception of the one, by the one, I guess that would be God, um, by the senses and through many objects, two, the uh, apprehension of the one as as an inner life, three, the objective and true sense of reality, four, feeling of uh, satisfaction, joy and bliss five a religious element that is a feeling of holy and sacred six a paradoxical feeling seven and and inexpressible feelings are they experiencing god or seducing spirits contemplative prayer is described as an experience of god's presence and movement beyond concert, uh, conversation with Christ to communion with him, resulting in body sensations, feeling images, and reflections. So those, so who's present? Are these people really working? Or spirits, excuse me. So who, so who, I think it's supposed to be, so who is present? Are these people really experiencing? Or who's pre- ah, that's good. My brain is not working well today, so I'm very I much apologize. So, whose presence are these people really experiencing? Interestingly, the Universal Gnostic Church provides some insight through their guidelines for working with your spirit guides. <clears throat> if you do not already know your spirit guides, we recommend you start speaking to them. The basic way of doing this is through meditation and listening to your intuitive insights. Yep. Meditation. Meditation is a process of moving your conscience into higher planes while remaining in physical planes. There are several meditative techniques the universal, again, universal here, once again, universal Gnostic Church teaches three excellent techniques for those who want to work with their spirit guides. A scene healing, breathing meditation, and then this is, I think this is uh, Kriya Power Meditation and Contemplative Meditation. The Kriya is K-R-I-Y-A Power Meditation. If you already know who your spirit guides are, we recommend you work with them on a regular basis. You can do that through channeling, visualization, ritual, divination, and prayer. Channeling. Channeling is a process of recording and repeating 
out loud from others what your spirit guides tell you or show you. You can do this by writing it all down or by recording it with an electronic device. You may also do it by repeating what is said in a private session or or to a large group. You may allow your spirit guides to bring other uh, disincarnate people to deliver messages to you. When you channel, you're working with your spirit guides. Demons, unfortunately, and they're not being negative. The The visualization and ritual. Visualization of your spirit guides is a step towards seeing them in the physical dimension. The easiest way to learn how to visualize your spirit guides and guardian angel is through the techniques of magical, with a K, order of the golden dawn. Yeah. Did we hear about that before? Something similar to that when we're doing our study on the AA? and Aleister Crowley and uh, his influence, the diary of a drug fiend, and then, of course, the 12 steps. We still haven't even got to that point yet. We'll get back to there at some point. Uh, the spiritual exercises in the Jesuits, apparent influence, which is beyond apparent, no matter how much they die, deny it. They're basically just the same thing. So they teach both the skills of visualization oh, sorry, I'm back to this visualization thing. They teach both the skills of visualization and uh, ritually working with your spirit guides and guardians angel. What is any of this doing in the God's church? Prayer. Praying okay with your spirit guide is an excellent way to develop a closer relationship with them. The Universal Gnostic Church recommends intentional prayer and contemplative prayer for that purpose. Ephesus added, regardless of what the presence is labeled, spirit guides, guardian angels, Jesus, God, etc., these people are actually experiencing seducing spirits, also known as demons. First Timothy 4, uh, verses 1 and 7. This is all accomplished through various methods of spiritualism, also known as necromancy. Spiritualism or necromancy is an occult activity grounded in the belief that through certain persons acting as mediums or channels, psychics, necromancers, channelers, etc., the dead and the spirit world can be contact and and Hidden information can be acquired from those contacted. Trances and seances are often used by the medium. The power behind this activity is demonic. This activity is forbidden by the Lord. 1 Chronicles 10.13 So Saul died for his transgressions, which he committed against the Lord, even against the word of God, which he kept not and also for asking counsel of one that had a familiar spirit to inquire of it. First Samuel 28, verse 7. 
and that gives the uh, give us context. So that was actually read from First Chronicles ten thirteen, and for context, First Samuel twenty eight seven. Now, I didn't do a lot of this stuff as I was in the New Age thing. I was just trying to look for a place to, that would fit and blend in, especially because I was an AA and, you know, change your life and hang out with the old folks and all that and wasn't willing or prepared to accept the Word of God and who Jesus is. And... Uh, you don't know that I am, but it's, yeah, <laughs> probably would have been better off if I would accept, but surely I would accept this lot a long time earlier, but um, the irony of irony, so it's always looking for a place to belong and fit in, uh, in the world, of course, and now that I've find God I and the you know who Jesus is I have I don't fit it anywhere except for a few folks that uh, God has blessed me that I've met online and of course you know a few of them through this show I have a chance to actually talk to them and have a conversation or just share time with them depending on the situation it's a I mean we're all growing and our and our different place where we walk in light and Christ, but uh, yeah, I, if I talk of this way in a church in town, whether it's non-denominational, could be quote-unquote Christian, doesn't matter what it is, Lutheran, obviously Roman Catholic, can't do it, no matter who it is, uh, I'd be labeled as being negative and a troublemaker and all that other stuff, and has to pretty much keep my mouth quiet and don't want to listen to me anyway, so I'd have to listen to their true nonsense and their petty nonsense and that uh, it's really a sad state of affair that you have to spend so much time I guess but it's not really I actually appreciate that I have a long time to spend with God but um, truly spending time with God that means reading the Bible really thinking about these things uh, the character of God and who Jesus Christ is, and and yeah, so how the world really is too, how it's so deceived, and how Satan really does run the show as far as uh, the things of man, um, and that the only hope that we have is in Jesus Christ. And that um, we are not going to change the world, but our Lord will when it's his time to. Anyways, in the case of contemplative prayer, the individual is really acting uh, as a channeler, a necromancer, communicating with demons. This is strictly forbidden in the scriptures. When, and did we read this? No, we didn't. When thou art come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not learn to do after the abomination of those nations. There shall no, not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughters to pass through the fire, or that uses uses divination, or an observer of times, or an uh, enchanter, or a witch, or a charmer, or a counselor, 
with familiar spirits or a wizard or a necromancer. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee. Deuteronomy 18, 9-12. Thus, those who practice promote contemplative prayer are really an abomination to the Lord. Quotes from the promoters of contemplative practices. <clears throat> this is here Richard Foster. Uh, pastor and author of the book Celebration of Discipline, page 13. We should all without shame enroll as apprentices in the school of contemplative prayer. Uh, recommends let's see, uh, Chuck Swindell, pastor and author of uh, So You Want to Be Like Christ, Eight Essentials to Get You There. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck I would not want to be you buddy so how are intimacy and discipline connected uh, discipline is the means to the end that ends <laughs> to the means okay uh, recommends Richard Foster's okay so something here says recommends uh, oh promoters of contemplative practices recommends Richard Foster's meaningful work in celebration of discipline. Discipline that is meaning for having intimacy with God. Discipline is control gained by enforced obedience. It is deliberate and cultivation of the inner order. Then it says, note, understanding obeying God's word as well as prayer is the means for having intimacy with God. Amen. So that's the answer. Um, understanding obeying God's word as well as prayer is the means of having intimacy with God, not the discipline of contemplative practice says provides the mystical experience. So it's supposed to be note, but it forgot to take the they took off the for the ear. Note that discipline of contemplative practices provides mystical experiences. Contemplative prayer is nothing other than coming into consciousness of what is already there. Uh, and this is uh, Brandon Manning, Catholic priest and author of The Signatures of Jesus. <clears throat> Rick Warren, pastor and author of Purpose and Life, use Brief practices throughout the day, as many Christians have done for centuries, you choose a brief sentence or simple phrase that you can repeat to Jesus in one breath. Mark Yaconnelly, uh, Youth Specialist, National Pastor Convention. Choose a sacred word or phrase consistently. Use the same word throughout the prayer. Begin silently and to repeat your sacred word or phrase. And uh, John Michael Talbot, Christian musician. Yep. I never knew any of these people a couple years ago. <laughs> Their names just keep popping up. And I, it's, it's, a, it's a weird ride, that's for sure. Uh, quote, as we find ourselves caught up in this meditation, we soon 
enough realize another change has occurred. We have almost effortlessly been tra transported over into a passive contemplation beyond thoughts, emotions, images, forms, and words. You really don't want to go down that road, folks. Anybody that listens to this, do not go down this road. And then I guess uh, all these promoters of contemplative prayer, the following is a list of just some of the secular religious promoters of contemplative prayer provided by Lighthouse Trail Research Project. Alice Bailey. Founder of the Arcane School, an offshoot of Theosophy, author of several books through Spirit. Uh, through a spirit guide. Ken Blanchard, founder of Ken Blanchard's company, Lead Like Jesus Leadership Conference. Brother Lawrence, it's the 1605 to 1691. Carmelite layman, author practicing the presence of God. Believed God was in all things. Isn't that... Uh, Pantheism, not pantheism, but pantheism is something like that, where the way that God is in all things. And uh, it's such a flying law, you got to be real careful, you know, that you now end up worshiping the creation and not the creator. Jack Canfield, the creator and author of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, New Age, for sure. Larry Crabb, Christian clinical psychologist, author, spiritual director, advisor of the American Association of Christian Counselors. And all these organizations. <clears throat> Maybe we should start just making up our own organizations. Uh, Til, uh, uh, Tilden Edwards, founder of the Shalom Prayer Institute of Washington, D.C., Richard Foster, Chris uh, Quaker, founder of uh, uh, Renovar, an author of uh, Celebration of Discipline. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty big one. Oh, and Finding the Heart's True Home. Uh, Matthew Fox, former Dominican priest, author of Coming of the Cosmic Christ. Christian spirituality believes that God and Christ are in all things. Uh, Thomas Keaton, uh, Catholic author, co-founder, co-father of the modern-day contemplative uh, prayer movement. Dan Kimball, author of Emerging Church. Uh, Brandon Manning, former Catholic priest, author of uh, Ragamuffin Gospel. Oh, and Abby Chutness, I'm glad. My brother sent that thing to me a couple times and Never did read it, and I now understand where my brother is coming from. He is in this movement. He has completely lost his bearings, and he's in this movement. And that's why he's so interested in the Greek Orthodox Church and all these old mystics and um, Indian shamans and medicine men and all this stuff. And uh, now I understand, you know. And why is it so? Where does know where it's coming from now? 
And, uh, you know, I'm, I don't know if he, if he knows that's where he's coming from, but that's where he's coming from. Influential New Ager who says, okay, this is Barbara uh, Mark Hubbard. Influential New Ager who says, says of, says, says of Christians unaware of our evolutionary potential. They put on the possibility of universal humanity by claiming we have no right to achieve it. Uh, uh, Brian McLaren, uh, considered the main leader of the emerging church movement, New Age, promoter, pastor. This is true, by the way. I just watched a long video about the uh, emerging church. It's like a three-hour video you can find on um, YouTube. There are so many. If Robert Schuller promotes this, I'm just going to. Uh, Henry Nguyen, diocese Catholic theologian, contemplative universalist, author of Name in the Name of Jesus and the Way to Heart. Thomas Merton, now deceased Catholic monk, who wanted to become as good as Buddhist as I can. Scott Peck, psychiatrist, author of Rosalest Travel. Yeah, I remember Robert Schuller, the pastor of Christian Cathedral. Do you still have that thing around anymore? I remember it was just what a we were forced to right before we uh, <laughs> I remember the time before cable and so up uh, and Sundays are like it's always mornings really it was a drag as far as television went because it was the Crystal Cathedral or it was, you know, this it, uh, Sunday news series that they would always have, and it was a drag. So, of course, as a kid then. But even as a kid then, I realized the truth about those shows. Uh, Agnes Stanford, Sanford, author of Healing Light, William... Shannon, New Age biographer of Thomas Merton, Wayne Tinsdale, or Tisdale, coined the term interspirituality, Teresa Avila, Catholic nun, author of, book, uh, author of a book of foundations, quoted by Foster and Peterson, uh, Rick Warren, uh, Looks like they used to have a couple of brothers or something like that. It's father and son. Mike Iaconinelli and Mark Iaconinelli. All part of the contemplative uh, prayer movement. And um, this is a whole list of people. Anything worthwhile? Yeah, Chuck Swindell, evangelical pastor of Inside of Living, author of So You Want to Be Like Christ. And then it says here, it talks about a little bit about these uh, uh, Christian college promoters. Many Christian college promoter promote uh, contemplative spirituality. They include uh, Wheaton College Graduate School, Biola University, Dallas Theological Seminary, 
Fuller Theological Seminary, Northern Baptist Theological Seminary. For a complete list, visit the Lighthouse Trails Research Project. Um, promoted through church and ministry programs, programs for contemplative practices include Alpha courses. Uh, this is, oh, that's that Taze. Um, I still haven't looked into that, what that means. Uh, Electio Divina, the Labyrinth Prayer Walk. Um, just goes on. Uh, ministries include youth specialists, youth of Christ. I don't know if this means anything to you folks, because I don't belong to a church. But I imagine people who do belong to church it probably mean a lot, because I'm sure uh, you're somehow connected, affiliated with something in here. Uh, promoted through the emerging church movement, another whole paper could be written about the emerging church movement led by Brian McLaurin. In my research, I discovered this movement is fueled by those who are tired of the mega churches and desire to experience so-called God in, the, in the, a fresh new way. Much of the movement includes contemplative practices. Interestingly, Rick Warren is excited about such a movement. Yeah. And it's leading to the total and utter destruction of Protestantism. That's why. And he's part of the game. The goal. One of the goals mentioned earlier to bring about social change, the new world order, Yet in reality, it is contributing to a universal spirituality, uh, religious or irreligious, apart from the Bible, the New World Religion. Ray Youngen, author of A Time of Parting, states, contemplative prayer also stands on the threshold of exploding worldwide. Dr. Larry Crabb, spiritual director for the 50,000-member American Association of Christian Counselors has written a foreword to a recent book that expounds on the future of spiritual directions and the evangelical church. By the way, folks, don't ever go there. Get out of here. Fall on your face and your knees if you're a man and, a man and wife. Open up that Bible. And start believing don't pass on your problems to this, these Christian counselors. They're no different than going to a Catholic priest. It really isn't. The more you look into it, you be honest about it. Just they can't help you. Only God can help you. If they're honest, they're going to say, I can't help you. Thank you for the 75 bucks, 150 bucks, whatever it is, and let's move on. Authors of the book promote us, promotes are uh, Nguyen, Merton, Foster, Keaton, Pennington, etc. With that in mind, Dr. Crabb predicts, predicted spiritual climate is ripe. Jesus seekers across the world are being prepared to abandon the old way of, written, of the written code. For a new way of the spirit. I have no idea. You know what? I haven't been a Christian long only for a year and a half. I find it very stimulating and exciting. There's so much stuff to learn. I mean, there's the Bible and the world and how it applies. And uh, I don't know how anybody can't find it satisfactory, I guess. 
Maybe it's what the Bible talks about, weeds and tares, I don't know. The clinical psychologist uh, Larry Crabb advocated not walking in old way, in quote, old way of written code. He means abandoning a careful, obedient walk of faithful accord, faith according to all of God's word. The new way of the spirit means utilizing contemplative practice to experience God. The Bible says, Thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where is the good way, and walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk therein. And I have no idea where she got that one from. She just forgot to give the, the scripture. So I guess I could type it up. Find out later. Um, contemplative outreach, uh, LTD states of, and this is brackets of a false church. For the church, first 16th, 16th centuries, contemplative prayer was the goal of uh, Christian spirituality. After Reformation, this living tradition was virtually lost. Today, uh, by the way, this is all part of this new world order sent us back into the dark ages. What does that mean? Once again, we lose our connection with the Lord and with uh, the Bible, the Word of God, and we start practicing these new age stuff, and I'm going to tell you something. Life isn't going to get better because of it. It's going to get a hell of a lot worse. So after the Reformation and living tradition was virtually lost today, the cross-cultural dialogue, the historical research, and the recovery of the Christian contemplative heritage has begun. Men's philosophies and men's wisdom. And I have never met a man yet that wasn't full of BS. Or a woman for that matter. But they write books. They go on tours. They sell their books. They must know something. Huh? The method of centering prayer and the tradition of Lectio Divina, praying the scriptures, praying the scriptures, is contributing to this renewal. Lectio Divina is a mantra whereby a single phrase or word of scripture is repeated over and over, leading to an experiential union with the so-called God. And it is a vain repetition strictly forbidden by the Bible. I used to do that vain repetition with Mr. Dewager. I had no idea. This is, you know what? This is after I grew up a Mormon and went on a Mormon mission. That's how much I actually learned of the Bible. Or anything for that matter in the church. Okay, the goal of the true biblical church is the Great Commission given by two believers by Jesus Christ, not contemplative prayer. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. 
And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Promoters of contemplative practices are not teaching the commandments of Jesus Christ. False teachings of this contemplative prayer movement. After preparing scriptures pertaining to biblical prayer and uh, to the teachings of contemplative prayer, the air is glaring. None of these contemplative practices are advocated in Scripture. When anyone chooses not to abide by the sound doctrine, the result is a uh, faulty faith based on experience and fables instead of the Word of God. Scripture states, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Second Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. Listen to the observation of David W. Cloud, the mystical spiritual, in quotes, that is so popular in the evangelical and charismatic circles today is a yearning for a experiential relationship with God that downplays the role of faith in Scripture and that exalts transcendental experiences that lift an individual from the earthly mundane into the higher spiritual plane. Biblical prayer is talking with God. Mystical uh, spiritual prayer or mystical spirituality prayer is meditation and centering and other such things. Biblical Christianity is a patient walk of faith. Mystical spirituality is more of a a flight of fancy. Biblical study is analyzing and meditating upon the literal truth of the scripture. Mystical spirituality focuses on a deeper meaning. This is in quotes, a deeper meaning. It is a more um, what am I trying to say? Allegorical or transcendental than literal. So it's allegorical or transcendental than literal. So sorry about that. <laughs> There's times when they just doesn't come out. And you have this big problem. Especially if it's weird. It's like if I have a word that's like more than three syllables, I know I sound like bit of an idiot, but um, I can't help it. (laughs) Maybe I am. The truth, faith can only come by the hearing of the word of God. And then it says here, uh, quotes, and so faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17. The mind of the believer is then to be transformed from the word of God, which reveals God's will for the believer. And it says here, uh, and be not conformed to this world, but ye, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove the, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans twelve two, and then it looks like might be uh, Matthew twenty two thirty seven, and it says here, um, all the mind is to be used. To love God according to His Word, and then quote Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, thy soul, and with all thy mind. Believers are to have a sound mind. 
For God hath not given us to the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Second Timothy one seven. A mind in a altered state of consciousness, inviting demon activity, is anything but a sound mind. It's true. I didn't do that, and, it, and I, that's part of how I made a mess of my life. This whole meditation and all that, and quieting the mind, and trying to visualize, and trying to bring something in that was never there to begin with, and had no idea I was inviting demons. Had no idea. We were honest, this father was doing something harmless. And in the end, it absolutely made a mess in my life. It's funny, the guy was like my spiritual, I call him my spiritual guide, if you will, back then. Um, he's just new ager. And man, he ended up being, he turned into homosexual, this getting a boyfriend with, got boob and, you know, breast implants. Pecking plants when you know, it's weird. He ended up being this guy that ended up, you know, making his millions selling out all these factories, you know, the, the equipment in all these factories overseas, making a making a killing, uh, betraying everybody. And but he was a good guy he, and he still sends out all these uh spiritual messages and Positive affirmations all the time, and what a pile of crap it was, man! I, mean, I never, what a deceitful man he had to be. And I remember I looked at him the first minute and said, "Are you nuts or crazy?" And yeah, he was crazy, and he is crazy. He left his wife, and his, you know, and he had two sons. You know, his sons were a mess now. Dear John, I wish you'd come repent and get right with Christ, because. What profit a man to gain the whole world but lost his soul? And that's what you've done. And you, you know, all the positive thinking in the world and all the fancy gadgets and all, your, and all the parties aren't going to change a thing, my friend. Life just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. But by the grace of God, I go I and I know Jesus Christ finally. And it took a long time to come to the realization of Jesus' divinity, that he's the only begotten son of Jesus Christ, that he truly did pay for our sins, that he raised he rose from the dead, and he's coming back. And he is in the word, and he uh, is our only hope, and that by we're saved by grace and faith in Jesus Christ, and fortunately I don't have to uh, earn my my salvation, because uh, clearly I'd fail it, because it would be <laughs> an impossibility for anybody. So, but you know, when you talk about Ten Commandments, why do we do that? We do that because those guys Ten Commandments. Does it earn us salvation? No, we just recognize who God is, right? His obedience. And today is the Sabbath, and we rest in the Lord. It's not about going to a church. It's not by going going through all the uh, formalities and all that. It's simply you know reading the Bible, prayer, remembering God, spending time with family, just resting, not going anywhere. You know what I mean? Not spending money, not going shopping and all that, not being part of the world for a day, and giving God a day. 
And none of that that I was mentioned, you know, joining a church, being part of their priesthood, uh, being part of their legalistic system. It's literally a day to remember God and who he is, what he's done. And, um, you know, remember those six days of creation. But we've all been indoctrinated and trained in religion, and so we think that we need to go to church and listen to some guy give us a sermon and pray or sing our silly little songs and and be part of the group, and that somehow that's resting in the Lord. And, of course, if one is really honest, there's no rest in any of that. Anyways, where was I in all this? I was talking about this whole... Uh, how this contemplative uh, kind of prayer... Uh, ends up leading to demon possession, right? So believers are to be of the sound mind, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. Second so Timothy 1.7. And so that's what I read. So, and then it said, a mind is all in an altered state of consciousness inviting demon activities, anything but a sound mind. It is entering a seducing spirit masquerading, excuse me, is entertaining a seducing spirit masquerading as an angel of light. Uh, and Second Corinthians eleven, fourteen, uh, and then you know what? You don't have to see these things. They have that happen to you. I can tell you that it can just be a bunch of flashing lights in your head. And uh, it takes a long time for the go away, and their true face shows up too in your mind. And it's ugly. It's nothing anything beautiful. Every thought of a of a believer is to brought an obedience of God rather than influenced by demons, our own flesh or the world. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringeth into captivity every thought uh, to the obedience of Christ, 2 Corinthians 10.5. Unfruitful results. Contemplative uh, practices or prayers are infiltrating evangelical and fundamental churches which are contributing to the unbiblical ecumenical movement already underway. This is due to pastors ignoring sound doctrine and allowing false teaching. Ecumenicalism, also known as the interdenominationalism, interfaith, or interspiritualism. I had no idea, but now I do is a movement towards a worldwide false church consisting of religions, including false apostate Christians joined together by one agreeing on a portion of biblical doctrines, or as they say, often state core teachings, two, ignoring the remaining biblical doctrines, and three, 
promoting false doctrines, psychology, evolution, contemplative practices, etc. It is a religious unity movement falsely promoted in the name of God's love, yet it is not based on full counsel of God. This false ecumenical unity causes great confusion and error to those not well grounded in God's word. In Richard Foster's book, Streams of Living Water, he says the following with regard to his vision for a great gathering of the people of God. I see a Catholic monk from the hills of Kentucky standing alongside a baffless evangelist. I see a people. Yes. Satan's people. Contemplative uh, consciousness, says Thomas Merton, is a transcultural, transreligious, transformed consciousness. It can shine through this or that system, religious or irreligious. So, what does the Bible have to say when it comes to dealing with false teachings? God commands true believers to come from among them and be separate saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, 2 Corinthians uh, 6.17. Contemplative prayer appears to be paving the way to the false prophets' one world religious system mentioned in Revelation 17.18. Revelation 18.4 specifically refers to the time when Antichrist rules on earth, which he has first at least 1,700 years, offered good advice for believers to follow today in the matter of de- demonic teachings of such as demonic teachings such as contemplative prayer. Quote, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, and not re- that ye receive not her plagues. Of course, that's in Revelation 18, the beginning of the verse 5 or something like 6 or something like that, 7. And that, that one of those verses. Uh, avoid false teaching. Now, the Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, doctrines, and devils, but refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. First Timothy 4, 1 and 7. The first says here, if you are born again according to the word of God, I would invite you to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ alone for salvation. Second, to protect yourself from seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, use the King James Version of the Bible despite numerous myths. Thorough research reveals that KJV is the most accurate English word-for-word translation. It includes all the words. No verses or portions of verses are missing. The Bible says every word of God is important. Proverbs 14, 15, Proverbs 35, Matthew 4, 4. Modern counterfeit Bibles, including The Message by Eugene Peterson and Renovar, Renovar 
spiritual formation Bible have replaced God's word with New Age terminology, further deceiving unsuspecting readers. That's true. When I started reading the King James Bible, things started changing for me too. I was um, yeah, I never was really interested. And I look back to all these newer translations, to be honest with you, they never really moved me. And although, as a Mormon, they used the King James Bible, uh, it was all cherry-picking, so most of the Bible, I would say 90% of it was never read by me or anybody else in that church, except for a, uh, maybe it was just a chance, an opportunity just to say I did, an ego stroke, but, you know, reading the Bible and actually studying are two completely different things. And studying the Bible is a lifetime endeavor, and uh, there's so much to learn in those pages that at first glance seems so simple or confusing or twisted. But the more and more I study it, the more it's my faith in Jesus Christ and His Word, the more it comes alive. And she's right. King James Bible only. And I've done the God's do is once again BibleHub.com and you can compare verse by verse from all these different Bibles and you will come to the realization that it really is true. Uh, the other Bibles really have changed a lot, and they don't say the same thing. They really don't. Just because it says it's a Bible doesn't mean it's actually a Bible <laughs> with the actual words of God. So, David Hunt expressed his concern. Many Christians, uh, Christian leaders, promote wicked Bible versions, such as uh, yeah, Eugene Peterson's The Message. Um, that pervert God's word. Men like Peterson have no conscience about changing what God says, replacing his words with their own. Peterson is praised for this perversion by many Christian leaders, such as J.I. Parker, Warren uh, Wiersbe, Jake W. Hayford, Richard Foster, founder of uh, the Renovar Movement General Editor of Renovar Spiritual Formation Bible. So the third study scriptures in their context and define the word, words using a strong concordance. False teachers are typically based on scripture or portions of verses taught throughout, uh, excuse me, taught outside the context. They were written. Satan misquoted God's word to Jesus himself. Yet yeah, Jesus defeated Satan by quoting scripture accurately. Okay. Well, fourth thing you could do, have faith in what God teaches you in his word and obey it. Satan is great at leading people to doubt God's word. Remember, the old servant sees Eve, leading her first to doubt his word, then to deny God's word, which leads to her defying, defying herself, deifying herself. She chooses her own way instead of God's way. Genesis 3, 1, 4, 5. Uh, fifth, 
before you choose to read any literature, research the author's beliefs and practices, understand their definitions for terms and compare them to scripture. Also learn who they endorse and associate with. Six, if you realize you have accepted a false teaching, confess it as sin, repent, and obey the scriptures. Scripture promised, submit yourself, therefore, to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. James 4, 7. Seventh thing to do. Earnestly contend for the faith. Jude 1, 3. By warning others of false teachings, uh, preach the word, be insistent in season and out of season, reprove, convict, uh, this is Rebecca, convict, so reprove can be convict, rebuke can be admonish, exhort, instruct, with all long-suffering and doctrine, 2 Timothy 4.2. A practicing biblical separation from those who will not repent of false teachings. Study to show thyself approved. <laughs> Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. And their word will eat as thus a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus, <laughs> uh, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and over through the faith of some. Second Timothy 2, verses 15-18. That looks about it. As there's a bunch of end notes here and all that. Like I said, uh, still to ended up being an hour and a half. So, um, Yeah, this contemplative prayer stuff. It really is it's just a variance of versions of spiritual exercises and spiritual formation uh, like she says, it's really the influence part of it all. It's mysticism from the East, and, and it has nothing to do with the Bible. And the more and more I reach into research into this, I now understand why all these kind of modern, contemporary churches, supposedly more progressive churches, have these uh, just weird... <clears throat> Like somebody trying to listen, but some weird type of thing going on where they're trying to be cool and hip and modern, accepting of everybody. I mean, they even got like, uh, you know, how we have the King James Bible, they have the Queen James Bible now. They've taken all the anything that has to do with sodomy, they've taken it out <clears throat> of the Bible. Um, and they have this Bible now with the, it's white with a white cover with a, a cross and it's made of a rainbow colors and all that. So. And uh, anyway, so they're trying to be hip and modern and, and contemporary, modern, you know, just up more in line with modern man. And it's just a big joke. I mean, when you look at it, I mean, they all wear these like super tight clothes and the skinny jeans and all that and the scarf, and they look gayer than gay, and you know they're gay, and all of them are gay. <laughs> they fall. Just as God said he'd recompense it, what would it be? It would be that they 
That's what it is. You know, they would end up um, burning in their bosom for each other, you know. So anyways, uh, the more and more you study this uh, emergent church thing, this um, postmodernism, spiritual formation, contemplative prayer, you're going to realize it all comes from these Jesuitly trained uh, pseudo-Christians who never really believed in the Bible to begin with find it as some kind of archaic, old, narrow-minded approach to life, which is so far from the truth, obviously. But, but you know, because we live in a day and a time, too, by the way, that if you really are a Bible-believing Christian, you're not going to be liked. Not by very many at all. In your church or outside your church. And a lot of this, is, you see, is a way of just uh, finding acceptance, not from God, but from the world. And uh, it's been easily influenced and manipulated and exploited these people in order to uh, help fulfill the New World Order's agenda of a one-world religion in which everyone worships the Antichrist, which we've been talking over and over again on the show, is the papacy, Sorry. It's the way it is, so anyways. I hope hopefully this is understandable. If it's not, I apologize for uh you know, not feeling very good at all. So my brain's not really working that well, so but it is Sabbath and I felt like doing the show and at least doing a recording and um doing something that uh, that may help. So, because the, the, the amount of deception is just mind-blowing. Of course, the tip of the uh, pyramid, uh, of course, is, you know, the Vatican, the Jesuits. But, um, you know, what can you do about it? So, My life is really strange right now. That's all I gotta say. I spend in my Friday evening uh, talking in a headset to myself, uh, hoping that someone down the road will hear this and they will get something out of it. All glory goes to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Have a good Sabbath. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.